committing the commencement of current conference with a coat. A little throwback to make you all sail through the schooling's tent. The most favorite time of all. Remember the fresh school supplies, new school uniform, the great adventures to crack open a new textbook. As the new class session begins with new admissions to meet and greet. All so exciting, so joyful. As it is beautifully described and stated by Dana Perino, hope you all relived the childhood season. Those were the best days of my life. With the spirit of quest and query, I declare the topic of today. It sounds like bioavailability of drugs. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better. And make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Once the dosage form containing the drug it is administered, it's absorbed from the side of action. The rate and extent to which the drug's active concentration becomes available in the blood circulation defines the bioavailability of the drug. Are there any ways to measure and determine it? Yes, there are. 1. Via the concentration time curve in the blood. Area under the concentration curve, it determines the bioavailability. Very soon in the upcoming episode, I'm going to tell you the whole method and give you the formula too. Okay? Second method, via excretion in urine. So these are the two ways to measure or determine the bioavailability of the drug. Now, if the drug is given by intravenous route, its bioavailability is dash dash percent. You have to fill in the blank. Yes, I know, you know it. It's 100%. Let's dig up the dead before we proceed. Let's ponder over the origin of bioavailability. A little peep in the history part. In 1968, toxicity of phenytoin and in 1971, Attainment of varied concentration of digoxin forms, they were in fact a result of the difference in the bioavailability. Now, difference in the inert or the excipient added in the different formulated products of the different manufacturers, they led to the disastrous toxicity of phenytoin. One product had calcium sulfate as the excipient, while the other product had lactose. And the one that had the lactose actually led to this disastrous event. How lactose is 
the substance which has the property of being quickly wettened or quickly dampened. Now that leads to a very quick dissolution and quick absorption. And then you can guess if it's all that's the story, it will definitely lead to the toxicity. Now that was a little peep in the historical aspect of the origin of the term bioavailability. Oral formulation leads to low bioavailability due to 1. Incomplete absorption 2. Due to first pass metabolism Now in the case of intramuscular or subcutaneous route, some amount of local binding may occur, it may not occur depends okay now a little reflection over the term equivalence as compared to bioavailability equivalence is a relative term obtained by comparing the branded forms of same drug with set standards while totally different Bioavailability is an absolute term defined by complete rate and extent of drug reaching the systemic circulation from the administered dosage form. Now why this discussion, why this reflection, all is this conveyed to you all? Because I want to now tell you about few of the types of equivalences. And the first and the foremost is bioequivalence. It means two formulations of the same drug achieve similar concentration in the blood by going through the similar rate and extent. That is, same bioavailability reached at the same time period interval. Now, what do things they are importantly affecting this bioequivalence? Let's get to know them. These are the changes and the fluctuations in the disintegration and dissolution rates. You understand disintegration? Large dosage form, they break into the particulate form to get completely dissolved and absorbed. And dissolution rate? It is the rate of dissolving of drug particles. It is the product of an interplay of few of the determinants and factors like solubility, size of particle, crystal form, variety of the physical properties of the drug. Are you understanding the whole concept and the differences? and the factors that are affecting the bioequivalence. Now get to know few of the facts and the rules. Particle size decreases, rate of absorption increases as it occurs in aspirin. Second, if amount of drug is reduced to half in the case of fine particulate tablet as in the case of spironolactone and if the drug is freely soluble in water, as in the case of paracetamol, then don't bother to reduce the size of the particle. Okay? So these are few of the related rules and terms which you should understand when you are studying about the bioequivalence. 
Next, I want to reflect upon the importance of study of this all-in-all -all concept of bioavailability. Say a drug has low safety margin. Drugs like theophylline, warfarin, digoxin, etc. Then the advice I want to give to you all is not to change the brand once the brand suits to the patient. If the drug brand it is stabilized in the patient's condition, don't change it. Continue with it. Switching of the brand may lead to differences in the bioavailability. There may be a rise, there may be a fall. And respectively, the consequences can be toxicity or failure of the therapy. Understood this? That was quite simple. Nothing very complicated. Now, what's the idea of the chemical equivalence? Yes, that's the next head of topic. Two drugs with same chemically labeled quantities are in fact chemically equivalent. Now get it this way. Two brands of the same drug. Say for example, Dilantin and Aptoin. I'm talking about the brands of the same drug, Phenytoin. They may be chemically equivalent, but they may not be bioequivalent. Now, differences may be due to the added products, due to the excipients. If these ingredients of the excipients, they are also same, then what would you call such two brands of the same drug? Well, then we have a new term. They are called as pharmaceutically equivalent. Are you getting these new terms? Chemically equivalent pharmaceutically equivalent and now if you administer such pharmaceutically equivalent drugs via the same route of drug administration at the same time then a beautiful concept of pharmacokinetic equivalence emerges out of this whole discussion how amazing it is now if the same pharmacological response is obtained inside the body of two individuals, then what can you call the two brands of the same drug? They are known as therapeutically equivalent. Okay, that's a new term. And if these two brands of the same drug, they provide same clinical response, Apart from being structurally chemically different, then these two brands are showing the property of clinical equivalence. Wow, so we got so many terms bioequivalence, chemical equivalence, pharmaceutical equivalence, pharmacokinetic equivalence, therapeutic equivalence, and last was clinically equivalent now note some points requirements for the therapeutic equivalence are bioequivalence and pharmaceutical equivalence yes 
I mean to say, a drug can be therapeutically equivalent only and only if it is bioequivalent and if it is pharmaceutically equivalent. For the details, just a little rewind and you'll understand it very, very nicely. Second important point to note is, both the generic and the branded drugs, they may have same amount of drug, but they may have different bioavailability. Again, for the details, just a little rewind and you'll get the reason and the concept behind it. Now that's all folks for the day. Today's fanatic folklore finally fades to its finish. So well rhymed. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.ispharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about the medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name is Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do follow me whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned to read and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.